So I, I um, normally I start my sermon prep on Wednesdays. I have my day off on Monday, and then I have staff meeting on Tuesday, and then Wednesday I start getting in full gear, getting, you know, what text are we in, and what are we going to be covering, and um, but today, this week, I didn't get to start till Friday, because we, we just were nonstop, working, working, trying to figure out what's going on, and, and as I was just thinking throughout the whole week, the, 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 the words hope was just re- ringing in my heart, hope, hope, and I've just been thinking about the phrase, hope is rising, hope rising, and that's what I want us to emphasize and think about over the next few weeks that hope is rising. That even in the middle of devastation, and I, I don't know how many of you have been able to drive very far, but I've, I've been from the church down to Lower Berg. I've seen pictures of Bayou, Bayou Lafouche and all those areas. And, and our local parishes and areas have been really devastated. But I do believe that hope is rising. That in the, in the middle and in the, in the bottom of destruction, that's where, that's where hope and restoration can come. And so this is what we're going to focus on. We're going to talk about hope for a few weeks. And so we're going to keep meeting on Sundays and more of our people are going to start coming back. And people from, from the community are going to start coming in and gathering. And we just want to talk about hope. But one thing I know is that times like this test the foundations of our hope. Moments like this test the foundations of our hope. Where do we place our hope? And so you have a foundation in your life. You have a foundation that you build your life upon. And when you're in difficult times and situations and moments in your life like we're facing right now, it is in those moments that that foundation is tested. That foundation is tested. And whether we're going to make it or we're not going to make it, whether we're going to break through or not break through, is determined by what our foundation is. And do we have true hope? So when we're talking about hope, are, are, are we talking about earthly hope? Are we talking about earthly hope rising or is there a different type of hope? You know, I had a lot of hope on Saturday night. I, I was praying, but I was also hoping. I was hoping maybe the storm won't won't stay on the track it's going. Maybe it will go a different direction. I was hoping. How many of you were hoping last night that the LSU Tigers would beat UCLA? Were you, were you hoping? We had to have a lot stronger foundation for hope for that game, right? That's, that's earthly hope. That's hope that is not grounded in something that is permanent, that is lasting, that is true, that is eternal. And so we must have a hope that is greater than just temporary things. And it's times like this that test the foundations of our hope. And one of the sections that was ringing in my heart as I was thinking about hope and hope rising was what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 6. He talks about hope as an anchor for our soul. Hope, this is what was going over in my head all day for two or three days, this this scripture. Hope as an anchor for our soul. Hope as an anchor. Hope as an anchor. So as I began to study and read this section in Hebrews 6, I knew that this was a section that I was supposed to cover. So let's look. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to Hebrews 6. If not, we will have it on the screens there for you. This is Hebrews 6. We're going to start in verse 17. It says this, so when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope 
set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Hope as an anchor. So I'm going to ask a question here today. What are your foundations of hope in your life? What are the foundations of hope in your life today? Is it earthly, temporary, fleeting hope that you're, that you're building your life on? Or is it eternal God hope that you're building your life on? What are the foundations of your hope? And right in this text, this is what I see. I see two things here today to answer the question. What are the, what, what, what are the foundations for the hope that we have as Christians? The first one is this, is that God is unchanging and he keeps his promises. Do you believe that? God is unchanging and he keeps his promises. This is one of the great foundations of our hope that God never changes. Notice what Hebrews 6 says. It says, so when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, which we are the heirs of the promise in Christ, the unchangeable character of his purpose, God doesn't change. And he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is possible for God to lie. You know, what I, what I know is true. We do believe that God is unchanging and that, is, and that he keeps his promises and he doesn't lie. But what happens often in times like this, it reveals to us, sometimes it reveals to us, that we have believed in promises that aren't true. We've placed our hope in promises that are not true. Have you ever done that? I, I think we all have. And here's how it works in our life. We have suddenly believed the lie from messages and ideas out there, maybe in some forms of Christianity that are out there that will tell us that as believers, we will not walk through suffering. Or that if we, if we pray hard enough, or if we claim scriptures, or if we, if, if we are good and we live right, that we're not going to walk through suffering. That if we, if we connect all the dots and we cross all the T's and dot all the I's, that we can live a life free from pain and suffering. And so whenever we do walk through pain and suffering, and our hope does get challenged, we realize, that, we realize that maybe it's because I've been placing my hope in this belief that if I'm a Christian, that I'm not going to suffer anymore. And how many of you know that that is just a lie from the pit of hell? That the reality is that in this life, we will suffer. And actually, actually, Jesus made a promise. We're talking about a God who keeps promises and doesn't change and doesn't lie. Listen, listen, what we're, going right, what we're going through right now is a promise fulfilled from our Lord. Did you know that? Yes. Look at John 16, Jesus said this, the one that we were lifting our hands to and worshiping and honoring him. How great is our God? How great is our God? Our God. The Lord Jesus Christ said this, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. In the world, you will have tribulation. Do you like that promise? You like it that God is unchanging and he keeps his promises? Would you, would you like him to have some different promises? But this is the reality. It's the reality of Romans 8. You've read Romans 8, right? Romans 8 says that this world is broken. Romans 8 says that not only is the world broken, but we are broken. And that the world itself is groaning. Look, look what it says here in Romans 8. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth 
until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly. Have you been groaning this last week inwardly? This deep groaning, waiting eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies? So this promise that Jesus makes is connected to the reality that we live in a broken world. Why why do we have hurricanes? Because the earth is cursed by sin. Why do we have earthquakes and and tornadoes? I believe there are probably tornadoes that spun off in this hurricane. For sure, you, you drive through and you see spots that look like a bomb went off. Why do those things happen? Because the world is broken. And, and, and it's this idea in Romans 8 that, that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. It's this pains of childbirth. This is what's happening in our world. This is why we walk through what we walk through. But it's ultimately a fulfillment of the promise of our Lord that in this world you will have tribulation. We are not promised in this life. That we'll be free from earthly trials. The opposite is true. The biblical, then that biblical reality causes us, as it says in Romans 8, to have a deep longing for a time when suffering will be no more. You long for that day? I long for that day. I long for that day, that promise of heaven, where, where there will be no more tears, no more suffering, no more brokenness, no more pain, no more hurricanes, no more tornadoes. No more earthquakes, no more, no more children taken advantage of. No more sin, no more temptation. But look back at Hebrews. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he's a God that doesn't lie, he's unchanging, he has promises. Now, now, now what, what's the other half of the promise of John 16? What's the other half? He says in this life, so he is unchanging in his purposes. He's going to fulfill his promises. And he says we will go through tribulations, but notice what he says. Look back at John 16. I said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but what? Say it with me, come on. But take heart. But take heart, why? For I have overcome the world. It's the truth, my brothers and sisters. Jesus has overcome the world. Our Lord has overcome the world. That's the promise. The promise within the promise is the promise that is built on as the foundation of the promise. Yes, the world's broken. Yes, we're going to walk through pain. Yes, we're going to walk through challenges. But the foundational promise that is greater than the brokenness of the world is that Jesus says, I have overcome. He has overcome. And so you know what the truth is, is that if we are in Christ, then we are overcomers. If we are in Christ, then he is with us. And that no matter what we walk through, we can have a peace. Notice what he says there. He says that in me you may have peace. Connected to him overcoming the world is a peace that the world can't take away. It's a peace that a hurricane can't take away. It's a peace that nothing in this life can give. It's a peace that is unshakable. Remember, we were sitting back here before the storm, before we lost power and before the storm was going on. And we had, we had a, a couple of staff families here with us. And then we had a Misty and Dexter Dedivo were here. I don't know if you guys know Miss, Misty and Dexter Dedivo. And Dexter was coming to help with our security here. He has a background in law enforcement. And, and so... We were in the fellowship hall here, and we were talking. 
me and Misty and a bunch of people, I know, again, everything's all fuzzy. But I know we were having a conversation. And Misty said something to me that really stood out. She said this. She says, how do people without a relationship with Jesus walk through this? And, and then she said this. She said, even though I don't know what's going to happen to my horses. They have a, Mr. Dedivos have a lot of, have some horses on their farm. Even though I don't know what's going to happen to my horses and my animals and my property. I have this base, she, she called it a baseline piece. That I know it's going to be okay. Do you know what that is? It's a fulfillment of the promise of our Lord in John 16. It's a fulfillment of the promise of our Lord in Hebrews 6. That he is a God that is unchanging. He's a God that keeps his promises. And that he says, yes, you will go through trials. Yes, you will go through tribulations. But if you are in me, with me, you will have peace. And I have overcome the world. So I, I, I have that, I've had that same peace. I've been weary like you've been weary. I've been overwhelmed like you've been overwhelmed. And it, and it began to gush out of me at, after worship here. And it's probably been gushing out of you at different times. Just that sense of being overwhelmed. But at the core of who I am, I know that God's got us. That we're going to be okay. That we're going to rebuild. That we're going to be stronger. That we're going to move forward. And it's not because, it's not because we're great or we're good or we're going to get it done. But it's because of Christ. It's that baseline peace in our hearts. You know, one of the, one of the apostles that suffered greatly and wrote about it was the Apostle Paul. And if you read in 2 Corinthians, you read about his suffering. And he goes through, he talks about all the different things that he suffered. And then 2 Corinthians 12, he talks about a thorn in his flesh. And, and, and we don't know what the thorn in his flesh is. Who would like a thorn in your flesh? I don't know what part of his flesh the thorn was. But I, I, you know, whatever it was, I don't think it was a physical thorn. But he had something that he prayed to the Lord. He said, Lord, take this from me. Three times. Take it from me, Lord. Please, take it from me. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He said to me, or, or Jesus said to the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. The Lord said, no, I'm not going to remove the thorn in your flesh. I'm not going to make you exempt from this suffering. He said, so Paul says this, Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Wow. It's easy for us to read that during times when we're not walking through hurricanes, right? But how profound is that? I will most glad, I most gladly would rather boast in my infirmities. And then look at verse 10. When, when, when I read this, I thought the Apostle Paul is a different breed than me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses. Why? For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am. Amen? the baseline foundational peace that's the good news of the gospel the power of god is put on display most perfectly when we walk through the storms of life with faith when we walk through the storms of life with faith and with hope in a god who is unchanging and who keeps his promises do you believe that here today do you believe it convince me of it come on convince me of it do you believe it am i preaching to the choir am i preaching to myself 
I know you're shouting on Facebook. You shouting with me? Come on. Seriously. The power of God is put on display when we walk through the storms with faith and with hope. We don't always feel it. We don't always feel it. I don't feel it all the time. And thank the Lord, I don't base my Christian life on what I feel. I don't base it on what I feel. Because if I base it on what I feel, I'd go hide in that corner of my office and not leave. That's what we would all do. But, but we walk out. We move forward. Why? Because the foundation of our hope is that God never changes. He never lies. He keeps his promises. And he says, yes, we're going to go through trials. But he says, yes, I will be with you. Amen. And secondly, here this morning, here's a, another foundation of our hope. We have strong encouragement and a steadfast anchor of the soul. Look back at the text in Hebrews 6. I love this. This is so good. It says, we who have fled for refuge might find or have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul. So what is the foundations of our hope? God is unchanging. He never lies. He keeps his promises. And and the, the, the greatest foundation of our hope is the reality that Christ is the one that we flee to. Did you notice what it said there? It said, we who have fled for refuge might find strong encouragement. We who have fled for refuge might find strong encouragement. You know what's interesting? That word fled, that word fled right there in Hebrews 6, literally means to make haste to a specific location for safety and refuge. What do you think about that? Anybody do that? Some of you right now, that's what you did. Some of you did it and you came back. But some of you, you're watching this right now. And you fled for refuge. And you made haste, didn't you? You made haste to go to flee for refuge. But you know what's so powerful about our Lord? Is that he calls us, he tells us, he says that we who have fled for refuge, that when we flee to Christ, when we run to him, we will find strong encouragement. Who could use some strong encouragement here today? Have you fled to Christ yet? Have you fled to Christ? Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here today and you haven't fled to Christ yet. You haven't, you haven't fled to him and gone to him with all of your heart to find refuge and to find peace. I want to implore you today. If you're looking for hope and peace in temporary things, if you're looking for hope and peace in all that the world has to bring and offer and, bring and, 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 and give to you, you, you will be sorely lacking of peace and hope. Only those who will flee to Christ. What does it mean to flee to Christ? To, to flee to Christ, to run to Christ for, for refuge means this, is that you turn your back on sin. You turn your back on living for yourself. You turn from your sins and, your, and, 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 and living in rebellion against God. And you, and you flee to Christ for forgiveness, for reconciliation, and for peace. And when you become a Christian, then you begin to, you begin to function in this broken world with, as what me and De- uh, Misty were talking about, this baseline peace. I love what it says in Hebrews 12, six chapters later. The writer of Hebrews says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. 
Are you going to flee to Christ? Are you going to, are you going to let go of the sin that so easily entangles? Are you going to repent and turn? Are you going to, going to flee to him for refuge? Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Look at verse 2. Fixing our eyes on who? On Jesus. Where's strong encouragement going to come from? By fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Listen, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. How are we going to find strong encouragement? How are we going to find this anchor for our soul? How are we going to find that? It's running to Christ for refuge. So if you have not ran to Christ for refuge yet here today, I, I plead to you, run to Christ. Come to him. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. I surrender my heart to you today. If you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can do it today. You can do it via Facebook Live. You can do this when you're watching on YouTube later. You can do it wherever you are right now. You can run to Christ with all of your heart. And can be restored, can be forgiven and restored and healed today. And you can have a foundation of peace that the world cannot take away. Let's look back at Hebrews 6 one more time. It says, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Verse 19, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. So what is the this that becomes a sure and a steadfast anchor for the soul? What is the this? The this is the hope. This is the hope. It's the hope in Christ. It's the hope. It's the hope in Christ that anchors our soul in the middle of devastation all around us. It's the hope we have in Christ. This reality that we are just passing through. It's the reality that this earthly body is only temporary. It's the reality that my home, my stuff, my money, they're only temporary. It's the reality that my hope is in Christ. That one day, if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, that heaven is my home. Heaven is my home. Some of you here today, maybe you lost your home. Maybe your home... Your home's going to be totaled. And maybe you'll get a new home because you'll get an insurance claim. But ultimately, if you're a Christian, that home, that brick, that wood, that stucco, that hardy plank, those shingles, that plywood, that insulation, all that stuff, one day, it's going to be gone. So you lost it a little bit early. And maybe you'll get another one. But even if you do get another one, it's going to go again. It may not go again through a hurricane, but it'll go again through fire. But if you are in Christ, your earthly home can be gone. Your earthly stuff can be gone. But if you're in Christ, there's a heavenly home that can never, never be taken from you. There's a heavenly home that can never be removed from you. So what is the this? What is the this that is the anchor for our soul? It's the reality that we have a home in heaven that's waiting for us. And I, 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 may, not have, I may not have all the stuff that I used to have post-Ida, but if I have Jesus, I have everything. If I have Christ, I have a home. Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you. 
And, 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 and if I was not doing that, I wouldn't have told you. He said, in my house, there are many rooms. Some of you think you're getting a house when you go to heaven. No. Jesus said you're getting a room in his house. His house, Hurricane Ida can't touch. His house, uh, uh, Cat 5 winds can't knock down. His house is connected to the promise that was paid for on the cross. His house is connected to the fact that he fulfills his promises. The this that is the anchor for our soul is the hope laid up for us in heaven. That's the anchor for our soul. And listen, you know what that tells us here today? It tells us that we must build our lives differently. You have to build your life differently. This is a wake-up call for all of us, brothers and sisters. We must build our lives differently. If you're here today, even as a believer, and you've been shaken to the core more than you expected and thought you would be, you need to take the time to stop and think, Lord, was I shifting my hope a little bit too much to this life? Was I shifting my hope a little bit too much to temporary things? Has, has, has my gaze been removed from heaven? Has my gaze been removed from the beauty of Christ? Because this hope that is the anchor for our soul is a hope that is greater than all things that are temporary. We must build our lives on a firm foundation. At the depth of who we are, at the depth of who we are, the part that really matters, the part that really matters, you know, that, that, that really stands out to me so much, so much this week. As, as people are driving on this property, and, and it's just amazing when I'm out there talking to people, they're getting their resources and they're coming this direction before they get food. And, and I just wanted to greet people, so I, I, they roll down their window and I say, hey, I, I'm the pastor here at Living Word. And most of the time, as soon as I say I'm the pastor here at Living Word, you get quivered lips and you get tears streaming down the face because you just see the brokenness, the, the hopelessness, the sense of what are we going to do next? And I don't know all the spiritual conditions of those that are coming through that line. But I know that. But I know that this is true. That no matter where they are, that their answer and the solution to their issue and the solution to the the hope for their future is to find the firm foundation of the hope that is found in Christ that this earth cannot take away. And this this is what is so true is that when I'm looking out at those people, I I see, I see Christ through the hands and feet of those that are out there serving them. That every meal that is given, every handshake that is given, every prayer that is prayed, all these volunteers coming from all over the, the country to come and to give of their time, all the volunteers from our church that are taking time away from fixing up your house and you're coming, thank you. Everything that you're doing, you are speaking hope. This eternal hope that we have, even though we, we, we feel shaken and discouraged, we can still give them an eternal hope because we, we have a hope in Christ. This is the, found, the firm foundation. The part of our life that will live forever is what matters most.